welcome back to Stat Chat. I am Dave Klatsky of Colgate Men's Basketball. Today's guest, we welcome back Kevin Hovde from University of San Francisco for round two. Um, obviously, Kevin is someone that I will probably have on the show many times, but uh, this one I thought was particularly good because we used a lot of what we learned from previous stat chats, uh, most notably Mike Venezia, who shared with us uh, his thoughts and his process on shot quality. So without there being any games for college basketball yet, uh, so we don't have any game data, which is always going to be more important than practice data, we delve very deeply into a way to value your own team and figure out what kind of shots you're getting and how that might be able to carry over to games. Um, before we get started here, I wanted to kind of explain a little bit about points per possession because we talk a lot about it. And I think um, for most people that listen to this, it's, it'll probably make sense, but I'm going to go through a little bit real quick just to kind of give you a basis of, of what we're talking about because there is a little bit of math involved. So... Um, where I'm going to start is you basically have one-pointers, two-pointers, and three-pointers. So uh, if you shoot a two-pointer, the most you can get is two. You're either getting zero or two. Now, over the long run, which is what statisticians care about, you want to know what percent chance that has to go in and figure out the expected value from that. So trying to keep this relatively simple, if you take a wide open dunk shot, you have a 100% chance of making two points. So your expected value is 2.0. Now, going the other way, if you take a three-pointer and you're a 40% shooter, you have a 0.4 chance of making that shot. Since it's worth three points, you then multiply those two together and you end up with 0.4 times 3 for an expected value of 1.2. Now, on that specific shot, in the short term, you're either getting 0 or 3. But over the long run, if you take 100 of those shots, 40 of them are going to go in. And that's where you get the expected value because you're going to get 120 points on 100 possessions, which is worth 1.2. So there's your quick flashback to Intro to Statistics that you either enjoyed or probably hated. But at the end of the day, I think what's important is that we talk more about the analysis of the numbers than how we actually came to find the numbers. So for you guys that aren't that advanced in math, this will still all make sense and you can learn a lot. With that mini tangent out of the way, we can now get to the show. Uh, I really hope you enjoy this. I, I know I did. Kevin and the rest of his staff really use statistics. I think I said in the first podcast they, that I guess they were one of the top 20 schools in NCAA Division I using statistics. After talking to them more, watching one of their practices, and talking to others, I really probably think they're in the top five. So uh, a lot can be learned from them, and uh, hope, uh, hope, this, hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Today we have back on for round two, Kevin Hovde from University of San Francisco, uh, who is now officially family as he married my sister this summer. 
in a fantastic wedding in which we had uh, a record number in one place, three stat chat, I believe it was three stat chat podcasters present at the wedding. Great time. Kevin, welcome back. How is everything going for you guys out there in San Francisco? It's going great, Dave. Uh, mm-hmm. Very excited to be back for round two of Stat Chat. Good, good. Well, in our ongoing quest to find or uh, assess value of our own teams, um, it's something we've talked about often, and now we can kind of share it with, with everybody else uh, on just some things that we've uh, been kind of toying around with with our own teams as we haven't played any games yet, but we've had a lot of practices and now we've had a couple scrimmages, uh, which you have also. So we can talk about some of the things which for me, this was sparked by, uh, our own Mike Venezia kind of sharing shot quality and, and, uh, you know, me kind of taking it from there. And I think you kind of took it from there also. And, and uh, we kind of ended up in different paths, but ended up kind of trying to, to, you know, iron out exactly who on your team is is valuable or who may not be valuable. So I'll start with you. You can kind of walk us through what you guys have done this preseason with your team and trying to assess value of, of who's uh, more valuable than, than each other. Yeah. Okay. So, so basically – what I did um, throughout the basically from the start of our first practice um, up until our first scrimmage in practice is for every five on five uh, situation, every five on five possession, I rated it on a scale of zero through five. And every guy that was on the court for that, for that possession got the same rating, whether or not, they were involved in the play that resulted in in the shot or the turnover. Um, so basically five was the best possession you could have, which I started as an uncontested layup or an uncontested three-pointer. Um, and all the way down to zero, which would be like a live ball turnover. And we can talk about the rankings um, later. But Yeah, just go through um, real quick, like – so five uncontested layup, uncontested three pointer. Four, yeah. four would be a contested layup, um, and also if you draw a foul, basically on a contested layup, um, which is kind of confusing, but it basically it had to. It, when I started doing it, I had fouls drawn as a five, um, but then I realized that I was kind of being subjective. And I was trying to – I wanted to make this as objective as possible. So, basically, I'm trying to basically rate the shot as the ball leaves the guy's fingertips, not based on the result at all of what happens, okay? For sure, so, for sure, yep. Yeah, so fours are contested layups um, or contested threes out of our offense. So, like, a rhythm, good three, even if it's contested. Um, or like a four would also be, and fives and fours are good. We're trying to get fives and fours, uh, for the record. So, um, a four would also be like a deep uncontested three or an, an uncontested three, like off the dribble, like in transition wide open, but it's off the dribble. So it's not a five. It's, it's only a four. Okay. And then a three is basically any bad three pointer. So like deep or 
or like contested or fading away, but still, you know, still a three pointer. So if it goes in, it's worth three or any good mid range shot. Um, basically I started, I, I ranked as threes. So that's uncontested in rhythm mid range. Um, and then a two is a bad mid range. A one is a regular turnover, like throwing the ball out of bounds or traveling. And a zero is a, is a bad turnover. Um, meaning a live ball turnover. Okay. Okay. That all makes sense. Okay. So then where'd you go from there? Okay. So basically, um, I had every single possession and I, I just had a list of our guys. So for every possession, I would just rank like our right, possession one. Um, and I would, you know, we have, we have a green team and a gold team. So I would say like which team ended the possession. So green and then, uh, what happened in the possession. So basically, uh, the result, which, uh, which we just talked about, like uncontested three off the catch or uncontested layup or contested three off the catch or turnover. Um, and then who ended the possession? So who took the shot or committed the turnover? And then what was the possession quality? So that's the rating of zero through five, um, depending on what the result of the possession was. And then did it yield points? So, like it could be uncontested three off the catch, and did it did it actually go in or not? So either for that it would be either three points or zero points. Um, and an uncontested layup would be either two points or zero points. Um, and then for each guy that was on the court at that time, I gave them the ranking of zero through five, even if they weren't directly involved in the possession. Everybody gets the same ranking if you were on the court. Um, so you know at the end of practice every day. You know, I would just add up all the possession points, the possession, I call them possession quality points for each player, um, and then divide it by the total number of possessions that they were on the court, uh, that were ended when they were on the court. And so then you get just an average for each day. And, uh, you know, the averages, as I said, like, we're trying to get fours and fives, and I'll be more uh, detailed about that as, as we talk. And then, you know, obviously it goes all the way down to zero. So most of the possessions, the, the majority of the possessions were fours. Um, and then you get a few fives that are like great looks and then all the way down. And then so normally on average, our guys were in between uh, three and four on average every day. So like ranging. Okay. Like and, and did you do this? So I have a couple questions uh, uh, about this. So number one, how did you account for fouls? Like, okay, so, uh, the, the points that it yielded. Well, I gave him 1.4 every time on a shooting foul right. drawn. An N1 was 2.7. And, and what? An N1, if you got, if the guy got an N1, it was 2.7. Okay, so N1's 2.7. And you didn't factor in who was shooting the free throw, like, if, no. uh, so this was no. just like it's a um, blanket. And, Everybody's a seventy yeah. percent shooter, basically. Yes, and same thing with like if a guy got a wide open three, even if a guy who even you know, even if a, he wasn't as good a shooter, I still gave that possession a five for the sake of this. All right, perfect. Let's start there. Why? Uh, because probably because when when I started this out in general. Our guys, you know, the way we recruit and what we emphasize, they all can shoot. So I figured an open, a wide open three 
is a great shot for pretty much every guy on our team, minus maybe one guy. So, um, so you don't have any non non shooters like guys that that might be shooting thirty percent, twenty five to thirty percent on wide open threes. No, I, I don't think so. Um, you know, maybe maybe one guy, but he's made a jump shooting. In the, I don't know how he'll shoot it this year in games. Um, but he shot it pretty well in practice. So it's uh, so yeah. Even when he got an open three, um, I, I gave a five for that possession. And the other reason for that, um, in thinking about it now, is also because the way we defend uh, those, like we don't, like we don't defend based on the scout versus our own guys in practice, um, just because of the way we run our program. So like, especially the first about the first month of practice. Like, no matter what, everybody has to close out the same way, um, you know. So we're, we're trying yeah, to not – Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Now, now uh, did you also track the defensive side of it? So the five guys that were on offense, no, they score, but you didn't do defense? No, just offense. Do you wish – like, obviously it's a lot more work because you got to know ten guys on the court. Is that something that you think might have value um, yes. that you would do in the future if you had enough hours or somebody else to do it? Yeah, hundred um, percent. Maybe even more. Maybe even more value, honestly, um, because I just think that, like, as a coach, you know, when a guy is when you can see that a guy is just not a good defender, like gets driven around a lot, or just you know, isn't in the right spot or, or doesn't react quick enough, um, you know, your your instinct is always just like you can't, you know, you, you can't play until you get to a certain level defensively, um, which is definitely true. But sometimes those guys are great offensive players and you wish you could play them. And, you know, for me, like, if I could have, if I had done that, you know, the hope would be maybe you find that a guy that you think isn't a good individual defender Actually, for some for whatever reason, um, you get good defensive position, possessions when he's on the court, or maybe it would be like a lineup thing where like if you got him out there with four, you know, really good defenders, then as a team you could defend well. That would be like a next level of this. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm spitballing here, but but yeah, I, I I would love to have that data. Well, I think too, like you know, at least going by the NBA because that's where there's the most data is we have a lot of offensive stats. And I think, um, you know, uh, opponents of advanced stats would be like, it's obvious who your good players are. Like, what do you need all this for? We're going to get into that too. But on defense, it's not as obvious at times. And the the numbers may give you a little bit more validity to to make an argument like somebody that gets by a lot, but is their length, you know, they're six six and long, uh, so they yep. affect the space for other players that you don't sure. really, like, you, your eyes play tricks on you, like, oh, that guy gets driven by all the time. But he may yes, affect definitely. the offensive guy in a way that uh, only numbers may measure or, or something like that. So that is something that uh, – but I didn't do any of the defensive stuff either, but we'll have to, we'll have to figure out <laughs> a way to do that in the future yeah. as well. Um but yeah. uh, but uh, coming back to my, one of my other questions is, do you also keep, well, in your hustle stats, you guys keep everything. Do you keep three-point 
percentage. Yeah. Yes. So you have a list of whatever, 12 to 15 guys and their actual percentage yes. that they shoot. Yes. And, and what is, what is that like range from, you know, like your, your shooters, your good shooters to your bad shooters? Uh, our good shooters in practice would be like 45% and the bad ones probably 30, maybe high 20s. Okay. But, uh, I might have one guy in the high 20s right now, but, um, yeah, I mean, in practice, I think the numbers are always going to be, uh, your practice shooting numbers are always going to be a little higher, um, I think. So. And, and uh, not only do you think, but you've, you've told me this, that you guys have been doing this for years, that it's, it's pretty correlated, but it's, it's always a little bit less. Like, there's never yeah. really. Yeah, like, I mean, um, I think just in games, like, you're, whatever. I mean, your, your percentages mm-hmm. just go down a little bit, whatever that is, nerves or the, you know, the defense is a little better. You're going to get, you know, if you're a starter in practice and you're playing with the starters and you're getting great looks, you know, and then all of a sudden in the game you're going against, you know, five other guys that have earned starting spots and it's, it's and you're getting scouted harder and everything. It's just, it goes down a little bit. Um, yeah, I think that, that probably makes sense. And I, I do want to talk about that a little later too because we have, we have a couple instances of uh, what I worry are practice stats that, won't matter. Um, yeah. That won't correlate. And at the end of the day, if, if your practice stats don't correlate to the game, then none of this matters. Like, then we shouldn't be doing this. So, yeah. um, because we're trying to find, we're trying to win basketball games. So if we find somebody that's good in practice that's not in the game, then yeah. it doesn't matter. But you, you would hope yeah. because practice, at least we try to make practice so similar to game-like situations that yeah. it would correlate. And this is my, this is my first year doing what I'm about to talk about. So I don't, I don't know yet, but, uh, I yeah. will at the end of the year have some yeah. more data. Um, yeah. but I know with your stats, like the, just the regular, like a little percentage, uh, three point percentage, uh, assist turnovers a little bit. That, that's pretty highly correlated. Um, yes. I would guess is that, is that one that you've seen matter? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think, yeah, that, that would be one that would correlate pretty, pretty evenly to, to games. I, you know, I think most of them do, really. I mean, I just think the shooting maybe is the one that it's just, a, there is a little bit of slippage. Um, but I think for the most part, the guys that do well in our, in our practice stats are pretty, uh, it's pretty similar in games, you know. As the season goes on and the scouting, you know, it becomes whatever it, it, when it becomes easier for teams to scout you because they have just more data and more game film to look at then you know sometimes guys that uh or whatever can't shoot or limited some way offensively those guys maybe become uh you know maybe struggle more um that's kind of the one thing i can think of off the top of my head but um i think in general our, our hustle stats are pretty uh pretty solid across the board as for what we see in practice versus in games. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So now can you just kind of briefly um, tell us a little bit about the results? So you talked a little bit about how yeah. the majority of fours, um, yeah. you're looking for fours and fives and the average is somewhere between yeah. three and three and four. Um, yeah. What else did you see from doing this uh, okay. in, in your first couple of weeks? Yeah, so basically, uh, after like probably like 
four or five practice when I had enough enough data. Um, I was looking at like so I had like percentage of shots or percentage of possessions for each number. So basically, like I'm looking at our data right now, and 16.1 percent of our possessions in practice were fives, and this is going off 1,270 uh, possessions, which are which so are a lot shots. of possessions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's a it's a big enough sample size, I think. Um, so 16.15% were five. So then every day when I was doing it, you know, I could just look at our percentage and I could say, oh, well, today, you know, 22% of our possessions were fives. We really got some great shots today, you know. Um, yeah. And then, uh, the, as I mentioned before, fours were the were the greatest uh, the greatest percentage of of our possessions it was like 48% of our possessions were four so that's basically contested threes and contested layups um and so like we were we were shooting for fives and fours and basically when after about five practices i think combined fives and fours about like 60 62% or maybe 61% of the possessions were fives or fours and we actually showed it to yeah. the team and i kind of explained what i was doing you know, obviously it's a lot, so not you know, very general. And just basically said, like, all right, so every day let's try to shoot for for sixty five percent of our possessions as fours and fives. Um, and we we kept getting better and better, which was which was good to see. Um, and our last few practices, we really we really did well, and in both our scrimmages, we did pretty well too. So, you know, I I don't know how much it actually resonated with them, um, but uh, it we did see an improvement, maybe just. Maybe just because we're, you know, getting further along in practice and kind of cutting down on more of our mistakes, which leads to better shots. But um, and now that, you guys had you guys had two scrimmages, yeah. and how did they how did it look in the scrimmages? Like what percentage of fives and fours did you get there? It was I think our first scrimmage was like sixty seven percent, and our second scrimmage was like sixty four percent, so a little low. Um, and we didn't score well in either, but um, we actually shot it shot it poorly on our on our uncontested threes, um, just way below average what you would expect. Um, so that was that was encouraging, and that's, that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you about as well because you know I think like what we're both trying to do here is really like have some some data for after when you you know when you're done playing a game or a practice. And you have this data, and, and obviously you're going and talking about it as a coach, and you're like, all right, did we – well, we didn't score well today. And based on the data, when you have this kind of stuff, you can really, really um, get to the conclusion of like, all right, well, did we not play well, or and or did we play well and just not shoot well? And that's what that's what we're trying to figure out, I think. And the – basically, like – and obviously, like, Sometimes you don't shoot well, and as a coach, you can go, you can talk about practice after and basically say, like, I think we were pretty good today, but we just didn't, you know, we missed shots. And that's great. But what I think what the data gives you is it gives you an exact, an exact idea. Because if you play, say you play 100 possessions in a game, just a round number, and, you know, you, you score 90 points. So whatever, that's, that's, that's not good. And as a coach, you feel like you played you played pretty well. But I, I think where this data is great is, like, well, how well did you play? And that's where, like, you know, did we play – should we have scored 108 points, which would be, you know – or whatever, 105 points, which would be good, you know, above above average. Or 
should we have scored 120 points, which would be, oh, we played, we played awesome. Like we're in good shape. We need to keep going, you know. So right. I think that's where, and that's where I think your data, um, the way you did it gives you a better idea of that because you're getting basically an exact number based on not, not just objective data, but um, meaning like which guy, like for me, it's like, I didn't care which guy shot the open three or which guy took the contested layup. Um, but you have, you separated it based on, based on your personnel and what you think their expected points would be based on who they are as a player, which I, which yep. I think is awesome. Yeah, which, which is a great segue into, into what I can talk about now. Um, so like I said, based on my conversations originally with Mike Venezia, uh, who currently works at VCU and, uh, he talked about shot quality and you took it from there, your direction. What I decided to do is, track every shot taken in practice, just like you did, but I gave it the actual value that the shot was. So, for right. instance, um, you know, our point guard, Sean O'Brien, I have data from three years of his, or, or, you know, the two years that he started, he shoots about 42 to 47% on wide open three. So, anytime in practice, he shoots a, like, butt naked, wide open three, I'm giving him... 0.45 times 3, 1.35, right? So that yeah. shot is worth 1.35. And then yeah. you just go down the line. And, of course, you're not going to be exact. But armed with the statistical knowledge that we know, you know, based yeah. on NBA and based on our eyes and based on planes, you know, that uh, from, from my talks with Cody Toppert of the, of the Rockets, where he told me that the NBA mid-range uh, 0.78 is the, is the number, the average, you know, the best players like LaMarcus Aldridge and Dirk are a little higher at like, you know, the 0.9 to 1.05. Uh, so based on that, you know, I just kind of, you can get close. Like everyone that I, that I tell it to is like, ah, but how do you know? And then you'd be like, okay, well, let's watch five positions and you tell me what percent chance you think that has it going in. And yeah, yeah. we're always within like five to 10%. And sure. at the end and of the day, over, you put a, yeah. When, when you have enough possessions and enough data behind it, you know, it, it's, it can tell you something. It's not, you know. Um, exactly. So, like, you know, let's say you you don't know Sean O'Brien and you just look and he's like, oh, he's got good form. He's probably 40% from three. So you put 1.2 instead of 1.35. Like, at the end right. of the day, that really doesn't change the data all that much. Um, but I did it per person. So, you know, we also, like you, well, not as, as detailed as you, but we track the basic stats of practice. You know, we have field goal right. threes, um, assisted turnovers, offensive rebounds, defensive rebounds, deflections, and we do we do middle drives as well, something, you know, we, we factor in, in our program. And then this year we started doing fouls because we, we didn't like that if you got fouled a lot, you weren't really getting any credit for it. So yeah. now we have data on, you know, the 30 to 26 practices that we've had on how many fouls you've gotten on the shot. On the shot, if it's not on the shot, we didn't really care. We yep. didn't stat that. Um, yep. so, so, so from there, you know, right now I have 26 practices of data. So, you know, uh, our worst shooter who shoots 24% from three on 81 shots, you know, when he shoots, that, that, that matters. Like, like it's it's you know sure. I, I don't ever say he's twenty four percent because that's just impossible yeah. over the years he's been a little better but you know he might be a point nine 
uh, you right. know, 30% times, times three. But I can't, yep. I factor everything in, like, uh, if it's challenged and I just kind of come up with a number. And right. the reason I like this, um, is because it's more exact and you can kind of relate it to basketball, um, points. So every right. day, uh, I track, I go through the film and I watch the film and I, me and, me and our, uh, video coordinator, Justin Kay, who just signed on with us, helps me out with it and we come up with your expected points. And your actual points. So like right. I'm just looking at today's practice, and um, for instance, we had a kid that was 0 for 4, but he got a couple good looks, so his expected points were 5, 5.2. And his sure. actual points, he got fouled one time. So just like you, I, I, I give basically everybody 70%, unless I know your exact percentage, and then I give you yeah. like 80 or 60 or 65. So he got yeah. fouled once. So that would be a 1.4. So he was a little worse. He missed all his shots. Over the sure. long run, he shouldn't miss those shots. Um, right. You know, then it, it works the other way too. Uh, like our, our point guard, um, you know, he had an actual of 11 points, but his expected should have been 8.5. So he made yeah. maybe one or two more shots than he showed. As a team, sure. we were expected to get 90, and we had 78. So yep. that that tells me that we didn't shoot as well. And then I can go to our, you know, our field goal percentage, and we were 29 of 73 and 12 of 37 from three. So that makes sense. Yeah. That made, you know, we didn't yep. shoot well. We were, you know, whatever percentage that is, like, you know, 40% from the field and 33 yeah. uh, from from the from three. So you get a, a value for everybody, and then taking it from there, you always want to see per possession. So once I have your total expected and your total act, total actual, and we keep track of turnovers, so like you said, uh, any possession that ends in a shot or turnover is what I care about because a turnover, uh, essentially, if it's your turnover, is zero. So those, those are the worst possible. We didn't, you know, uh, really split it up live ball and regular, but regardless, if you don't get a shot up, you have a 0% chance of scoring two or three points or one point. So yeah. you get a zero. So based on that, we now have our team uh, expected points per possession, which right now I have at 1.01. So you kind of can use that as a barometer, like, yeah. oh, wow, uh, this kid um, is at 0.81. Well, okay, right. well, what does he do? Oh, he's got 100 assists to 45 turnovers. So he's adding value, just not off of his shot. Or right, vice right, right. versa, you know, our big man – is 1.15, and he should be higher because he should only be taking layups, but he has, you know, 36 yeah. assists and 26 practices. So uh, yeah. you kind of get a feel for the value someone provides. Now, if you're like this kid at .67 and only have 18 assists, well, yeah. that's that's trouble. That's, that, that's something that you can, you know, we don't tell our guys any of this, but that's something that, you know, you can go, like, hey, you know, maybe you shouldn't shoot that shot because yeah, yeah. it's not the best for the team. Like, we're trying right, to get right. the best shot for the team and over 27 practices. It's been proven that, that you shooting a pull-up off the dribble with someone in your face is not really a good shot. So let's yeah. try and get to the next thing or, or, or something like that. So yeah. that that's kind of what we've gotten, um, and I'm going to do it in games. And, like, our two games so far – or three, we shot very poorly, and our right. expected was way higher than right. our 
are actual, which is like you said, um, could be good, could be could be bad because it's it's an actual game. But like, like I had we scrimmaged VMI and um, I think we ended up winning by like eight or ten over forty minutes. And if you I did uh, expected for them and for us, and the final score based on just your shots should have been like a fourteen point game or fifteen point game. So right. it's close, but then you can go and say, all right, well, we don't need to, you know, reinvent the wheel. Um, let's just yeah. keep taking the shots. And over the long run, uh, it will work out, um, hopefully. Yeah. You know, that, that's kind of what this is all about is to kind of see uh, exactly. if, it, if it matters, you know. And, and that's uh, something that, you know, opponents of, and maybe you can answer this question, but uh, – the one I get a lot of is, okay, great. Now, like, what does that tell you? Is that, like, you, you have the players that shoot well, and I could tell you that just by watching without that. Like, how do you, how do you, what do you say to that question? Well, again, I mean, I think to me it goes back to, like, and maybe this is just um, my personality, but, like, I, I want to know how much, you know, um, and I want it to be exact. And, that's where it's like, yeah, I think there are, you know, most coaches would be able to tell you if you played well or not or just didn't make shots or maybe you made some shots you shouldn't have made. Um, but, you know, to me it's like I, I like having the exact number. Like, all right, should we have should we have won by, by 10 or should we have won by 6? Because to me it, it matters, and I think it does tell you something about your team, and I think it affects the way you practice, the way you work, um, and what you want to work on. Um, so – that's why I think it, it, it is really valuable to have those exact numbers. Um, and as you, you know, as the, as the season goes on, obviously you're just, you know, you're just trying to make your, your offense more efficient. And, uh, and you know, having these numbers, these specific numbers for each guy and, and the team numbers can, can help you, um, you know, to try to improve on those, on those marginal things, which are really, really important. Yeah, and I my my argument is is always that I think it validates your eyes, right? Or it doesn't validate your eyes. Yeah. So like I like to play a game in our office every now and then. We're all you know I'll say like, uh, what do you think this guy's shooting from three? Because we think his shot is terrible, uh, and he takes bad shots. And then you'll be like, oh, he, he's up to thirty nine percent from three. Yeah. Because your eyes yeah. can play tricks on you, or you know. Who, who do you think our leading defensive rebounder is? And these are just basic stats. These aren't really advanced, but, um, yeah. you know, you can use them for advanced as well, uh, saying, like, do you think this guy takes good shots? And then you right. might remember him taking good shots, and then you look and you're like, well, actually, he wastes possessions. He's .1 below our team, 10% below what our yeah. team averages, and he doesn't get any assists, so he's not producing points in other ways. Um, right. So I, I always think it's just good to, cause your eyes can lie to you. You know, we all, we all played and we all, or not we all played, we all, we've all coached, we've all seen a lot of different players, but, um, this kind of validates everything you see or don't see. And that's kind of what I, what I like about it. Definitely. Definitely. And also like as a coach, like you're, you're competing, you know, in every, every, every game we play, obviously you're competing against a different team, but like to me, like 
I want to have this information because I think it helps us win. And, you know, that's at the end of the day, it's like those margins, the little tiny, you know, percentages and understanding what's this shot really worth, what's this possession really worth based on who takes it or, you know, to our team or, or whatever, or even obviously, you know, the more information you have on your team, you can start to get an understanding what, of what other teams, um, you know, possessions are worth just based on your own knowledge. You know, that, that, that helps you win. It, it helps you at halftime when you're trying to figure out, like, when we're, when you're meeting before you talk to your players and like, all right, how are we playing? Um, you know, I just think, I think putting this time in and, 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 uh, you know, spending time on this and studying it, I think it can give you a more accurate idea of what's of what's really going on in the game. And, you know, that's that's why I think it's worth it's worth the time and investment. Yeah, no doubt. And and just like uh, you know, um I wanted to talk a little bit more with you about like your per player because we talked originally and I told you what I was gonna do and you told me what you were gonna do. And then you won up to me by doing the whole team that was in, and I love it. And I'm actually um, upset that we didn't do that, and it's a little bit too late to start that now because uh, once games start, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to continue to do it. I think I think practice, practices once games start change a little bit. Um, you know, yeah. you start to rest guys. Your guys that play five minutes a game, they're, right. they, they don't have the same intensity, which it, they shouldn't. It, it's hard to. Nobody's a machine, yeah. but uh, you hope they do, but it's hard. Um, but but what I like about your points per possession or uh, your shot quality per player, uh, even if you're out there, is you can kind of – you switch the teams up enough in practice. What yeah. have you seen from that? Has it matched what you guys thought? Have you seen anything crazy? Um, like are there people that are more valuable than what you thought? Or just give us some examples of, of what you've seen. Yeah, well, I think the one thing that is very, very evident is that turnovers just kill you. So guys that have that turn the ball over a lot um, individually, they don't, they they did not do well in this. Um, and those have to be, you know, high usage guys as well. Meaning, like, you know, obviously if your usage is low. And your turnover percentage is high that you know you're you're just you're turning it over on less possession so maybe it won't matter as much you know um but the turnovers are zero and one the way i did it so like averaging those into this number is it really drives the number down um so you know basically what that means is like if if you're on the court if we turn it over a lot with you on the court for whatever even if it's not you um you know then your your number will will be driven down and you know what I did find is that the guy, the guys that did, there's two, kind of two things. The guys that did well in this were guys with good with good feel and a good sense, um, which you would think, which is obvious. But the other piece that was really really important is is uh, front court shooting. So like we have we have a couple guys who are who are good uh, who are bigger guys who are good shooters who did really well in this. Um, because they space the floor. So it makes it a lot, even, even if they don't use a lot of possessions personally, but um, when they're on the court, it just, it just helps the other four guys a lot. And that's kind of reflective in the numbers. Um, so that, yeah, that, that's that, actually really, really uh, good to hear because it's like something you, like we had, you know, a couple of years ago, we had a kid named Ethan Jacobs who 
was a drop dead shooter and we had one of the best offenses we've ever had. And yeah. it's hard to replicate that because you're, that's good to hear or good to know because just having him on the court, even though he might not have been scoring, it changed the team's defense because it dragged the five man out to guard him and opened up lane. Right. So yeah. that's, that's pretty interesting to, to hear that that's, you know, you, you can actually validate that. Uh, with numbers, which once yep. again, it's, it was the intuition, but it's once your, your intuition isn't always right. So it's good to hear that that's uh, factual. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And you know, the other piece is like the guys, because um, I did it each day for green and gold, and green, green are kind of the guys that are that are in the rotation, our starters and guys that are in the rotation, and gold are the guys that that are uh, that are out or not out but just you know fighting for those spots and um you know early on in practice we really try to mix it up and make it like almost perfectly equal um but as as time goes on you know we try to you know put the guys together that we feel like are going to be playing and the green possession quality as you can imagine is way better than the gold um and you know i i think a big reason for that is just the knowledge and understanding of our offense and where you have to be because normally when you have one guy out there that's out of sorts or not in the right, not in the right spot or not knowing what's going on, that can, that will lead to turnovers, even if he's not directly involved in the play, but just because, you know, it's just, it's just spacing. It's just, you, you have to have all five guys in the right spot. And, um, so those guys with less knowledge, the younger guys or the guys that aren't picking it up, um, you normally turn it over a lot more with them on the court. Right, right. And, and that, that kind of leads into the next, uh, thing that I wanted to talk to you about is, uh, practice versus games. And, and I plan on doing this stuff for games and, you know, with one yeah. year of data, it's probably not going to tell me a whole lot, but if I do it a couple of years and you do it, um, yeah. you know, we, we might get something. But like my fear is, and I said this last year about our team, and I don't think it really applies as much this year. I think we're, we're, we're not as soft as we were last year, but, um, I basically said, you know, soft on soft, someone's got to win, you know, and then you get into a game and the, the soft, the softer of the soft, uh, or the other way around, you know, the stronger of the soft, who you thought might have been good goes up against other teams and you're completely exposed. So like how, how, how can we account for that in that, you know, I'm just thinking about our team, well, our most efficient guy is a guy that is, at most a role player. Uh, and part of me thinks it's because we've had a couple of our bigs out, uh, and he's kind of stepped in there, um, and been able to kind of take advantage of the fact that he's a good finisher over six, six and below. Uh, but right. once again, you're not playing a whole lot of teams six, six and below. Or, yeah. or maybe, maybe he'll prove us right and, or prove us wrong and still be as efficient. Um, how, what do you think about that? Uh, I think, I mean, I do think that's a really good point. It's, um, it is difficult because, I mean, it's the same thing. We have the same thing. I mean, there's a couple guys, um, especially those, the bigger guys that get easy baskets. Um, and you know, we're not, we're not small, I wouldn't say, but we're not as big as some of the teams in our league. And you always definitely wonder like, all right, well, are they going to be able to do against a, a guy their size or, or a guy that's bigger that we're going to have to go up against? Um, but yeah, you know, I'm not sure if you can really, if you can really account for that. I mean, I think that's what, maybe that's why we're, 
we're, we're so dependent on the three is because we're trying to be we're trying to be built to beat anyone um, and not necessarily rely so much on on uh, on size and strength but more on skill which I think translates probably translates more against against the better teams um, I would think just being uh, being more skillful and not necessarily relying on being stronger or bigger um, yeah but yeah I, I, don't, I, don't know I think so question there. But I think, I mean, to the opposite point, there are probably it probably is the same. I mean, the bottom line is like, if you want to score, you got to be able to get penetration somehow, whether that's a drive or, or a pass. And um, you know, I think that's that's something for your guards as well. It's like for us, like we have guys that are that can get in the lane and make plays in practice. Um, but obviously, you know, when you go against a really good defender, what are they? You know. They shouldn't be able to do it as much, but will they be able to do it enough for us to win? That's a, that's a good question. I guess that's I guess that's why we play. Yeah, and I guess now that I think about it, by by doing what you're doing in practice, you get a shot. Like this kid's gonna get a shot, and yeah. we'll find out if he can do it in games because he's been yeah, yeah. so efficient. He, he's he's yeah. got to get a shot. You know that that's kind of that's kind of what you what you preach as coaches, like. And and it doesn't matter at the end of the – or I shouldn't say it doesn't matter, but, like, you earn opportunities to play by what you do in practice. But you earn minutes by what you do in games. (laughs) So uh, you might dominate practice, and then you get in games, and you're not the same player. Now you have game stats and game data. And if it's not where it was, you're not going to (laughs) play. You know, that's that's kind of – I guess uh, he'll get a shot, and we'll see. And – uh, I'm just really curious to see how much it correlates and, you know, uh, our shot quality versus, you know, our, our expected versus our actual and to see if yeah. this kind of carries over. Uh, if guys take the shots that they're taking in practice in games, because if they do, then the guys that are at, you know, for us 1.1 and 1.2, yeah. they're going to be valuable. And the guys that are below that, they better defend or, or assist or find ways to, to get that number yeah. to, where you're not a negative player or what I call a losing player because then yeah. you shouldn't play. Right, right. Yeah, no, no question. I mean, and, like, to your point, like, that's just in thinking about it, like, you know, you, you can tell, like, as a coach or a basketball guy whatever, um, you can always tell, like, who you're ta- – you know, you can say a guy – that guy's really talented. That doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be good. But uh, but there there is a point to that because like you could have a guy who's really talented and and more athletic can make more difficult shots, but you know for whatever reason doesn't do as well in, in like the practice stats that you keep because they're not as tough or they just don't have um, as much knowledge or understanding of what you're trying to do offensively and defensively. So you know that'll get you beat. Obviously you know that, but there is a point like your point like if you get to play against better and better players like there is a certain level of talent you need um and sometimes those guys can do better in those situations in those games just because of the um you know athleticism and just ability to be able to make plays or be able to penetrate and get around a a more athletic guy um i think there is something to that definitely um yeah i guess that's like a guy's more you would say is like a gamer or more gamey um you know, I think there are some there are some guys that that can do that. Even though, you know, as a coach, you're always going to want to 
you're, you're, ne- you're always going to want to go with the guys that are just doing it every day in practice. And for the most part, those are the guys that will win. But um, I guess it's up to you to figure that out if there's, if there's other guys that can, that can help you more in games. No, no doubt, no doubt. Um, now, now kind of coming full circle, uh, so you've had about three weeks of, of data and, and you've done it, and it sounds like you um, really like it because it gave you uh, something. And obviously it's not perfect, but it's, it's pretty close. I think what both of us are doing gives us um, pretty, pretty good data uh, yeah. on our teams in practice. Um, is there anything, if you had to do it over again, like, you know, starting next year from, from zero, what, yeah. w- would you change anything? Yeah, I would. Like, the, the one thing I think is that I think, um, because, again, the way I did it was, like, every guy that was on the court got that, that number or that possession quality, um, no matter if they were in the play or not. And the one thing I would want to do is, like, try to make it more – only the guys that are directly involved in the play. Um, and I shouldn't say directly. Like, me, when I say direct, I mean, like, if it's a half-court possession and we're running our offense in the half-court, I think every guy is involved in the play. And I would give them – I would give each guy the rating. If we – five guys are playing and we get an open three, no matter who gets the assist, who gets – who makes the shot, all five um, would get that rating. But I think where, where my data is skewed is, like, the transition plays where it's, like, all right, the guy gets a steal and throws ahead. You know, there's only really two people involved in that play. I guess you could argue that, like, well, you know, defensively, the other three guys that were on the court had to be in the right spot in order for the steal to happen. I mean, you could you could go layer by layer, but um, I yeah, but I think you're onto something there. I think uh, I think defensively you could blame all five, but offensively, yeah. if you don't run down the court and somebody gets the transition layup one on one. Yeah, th- there's only two guys that should get credit for that. I think that's yeah. that, if you can do that, that that's that's somewhere. Yeah. That, you know that that'll eliminate some of the the noise of the data. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And like, because I'd be doing it, and like, you see a guy get a steal and just you know go dunk it, and like, I'm like, all right, well, I'm giving a five for every guy that's on offense in that possession. It just doesn't seem right, you know. And that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen too often, so I think with the with the amount of data that I have, I don't think it excuse it that much. But I think it would make it better if uh, to only have the guys that that are involved, whether that's you know, a lot of times it's and when I say involved, I mean like you know, it could be like a three on two, and like a guy doesn't even touch the ball, but just because he's running hard to the rim, it gets the next guy a shot, and that's you know that's valuable. But oh um, yeah. Yeah, he's involved. He's involved. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, he should yeah. get credit because yeah. o- over the long run, if if you're always involved with good spacing, and, but you're never the scorer, you're yeah. you're adding value. Yeah, for sure, yeah. that should count. Yeah, yeah definitely. Now, what what um what did you do points per possession on your five four three two one zero? Like you you yeah. you definitely did did it yield points, so you can then yeah. extrapolate what the points of possession and and what was it yeah i did um well i did it i i did on fives we scored 1.72 um you know again those are uncontested layups and uncontested threes fours was 1.21 so those are great possessions um threes was 0.56 so a big drop um and then twos was 0.43 
those are contested mid-range. Um, and the that's three, so three, low. That that is unbelievable. So even yeah. your good mid-range and your bad three-pointers is .56. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, really, like, like that's way lower than NBA data. Like because yeah. good mid-ranges in the NBA are about .8. Um, well, I, I shouldn't have. I didn't explain that well enough. I a good mid-range meaning like a wide open mid-range, like in rhythm off the dribble out of our offense, or like a catch-and-shoot mid-range off like a pick-and-pop that was wide open, I rated those as fours because I felt like those were just like – those were the possessions where like, all right, I would live off that. If we got that shot every time, I'd be happy. But there really gotcha. weren't many of those. Um, in the whole sample, there were only like 20 possessions out of the, you know, about 1,300 possessions. Those plays, the good mid-range – there were four. Were only about. I think there were twenty-two of them. So, <laughs> so okay. So not a whole lot. It's not. It didn't yeah, really matter. So that that number would have the point five six number would have been driven up if I had put those in there, but not not much, you know. Um, so, but yeah. So twos were point four three. So those are just bad. They're just terrible, terrible possessions. Yeah. Um, and then ones and zeros obviously are both zero. Um, but uh, but. So after I had that data, though, like, especially on the fives, because, you know, obviously the uncontested threes vary. Like, every day, basically, like, on our uncontested layups, you know, you're going to make nine out of ten of those normally or whatever, eight to nine out of ten. Um, but the threes would vary. So, like, one day if we got, you know, ten uncontested threes, we'd have a day where we made, like, eight of them, and then we'd have a day where we made, like, four of them. So your points possession always vary. So that's where, like, at the end of it all, I put it on a spreadsheet, and I was like, all right, like, let's just really try to dive into, like, each each result. So I actually did that as well. So, like, uncontested threes, we had 103 of those, and we scored 1.69 on those. So that was, like, way higher than I thought it would be. That's, um, that's insane. So you guys basically shot over 50% on uncontested threes? Yeah, but, I mean, these are, like, really uncontested, you know, like, no, I, I, we keep track of that too, and and uh, you know, in games, uh, I mean, I guess practicing games is different, but in games over like the last, the the best we ever were when we shot forty four percent in league from three, uh, uncontested, we were like forty six, forty six or forty seven. Like we've never been close to fifty, whatever that would mean, fifty five. You guys shot fifty five percent on on open threes. That's that's insane. Maybe I'm too low on our numbers. And I'm counting, and those have to be close, too. So, like, close to the line. Not yeah, right, like, right on the line, yeah. Like, like, you're not five feet behind the line or something like that. Well, that's pretty amazing. You shot 44% from three and only 46 or 47 on uncontested, you know? Well, it's not. It's not because it goes back to the old uh, Pomeroy-Gassaway study on the defense doesn't affect percentage. So, our shots we only took open threes. So you're talking about a team that their offense was clicking so much that the threes we got were all really good threes. So our percentage on the year was very close to our percentage on open threes because they were almost one and the same. So when you you dig into it, it's not that surprising. Uh, You know, and I think about it all the time just like as a player. The shots that I take are the same. Like whether I get them or not is what matters. Like, but I, yeah. I, I shoot 
I know what my range is. I know what, what shot I can make. And, like, if you just do that through all your players, they shoot the same shots. It's whether they get them or not. So um, that's the, that was one of the things that advanced stats told me when I first started this because I used to say, oh, you're wide open. You shoot 60% on that shot. You're a good shooter. And then I realized, yeah. oh, wait a minute. You know, it's, it's only like three to four percentage points higher uh, yeah, really, because you shouldn't be taking anything but but kind of open threes <laughs> in the, yeah. at the college level. Well, but my argument would be like, and I'm looking at just the data that I have from this practice from our practice possession body. So, like contested threes off the catch, which are fours, we shot 206 of those, which I think are good. So again, 103 uncontested off the catch, 206 contested. And those were the you know 309 what I would call good threes that we took. So that's where it's like we might be – like I might be tra- only tra- – like when I say uncontested three off the catch, like I mean like naked threes. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I so guess mine was a little subjective. Mine was like catch and shoot where the challenge didn't affect the shot. So, uh, yeah, so yours, some of those may fall into the, to the contested um, range if, if yeah. you're judging it like that. Well, yeah, because the well, the contested off the catch, the yes, the challenge does not affect the shot. That's how I was. That's how I was also marking it. Um, and we we still shot. We we were one point two six points of rest on those shots. So yeah, I mean, once again, like, and I, I always like when I made our video coordinator start this project. It, yeah. I think it's a good, and and when I did it too, I, it's a good project to do and see points per possession. Because everybody that says, like, oh, man, like, no, like, mid-range is good and, and this shot is good. And you're like, all right, just, like, what percentage do you think that is? And then you, you do yeah. the math times times yeah. two or times three. You're like, oh, man, yeah. like, that's, like, a good three is way better than a, a, a floater that you make 40 to 45% of the time, which is not that bad. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, like, a good exercise to do for your team to be, like, Oh man, we, we probably should be, we probably should be jacking threes and taking layups. <laughs> like, that's it. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's a good exercise to do. And you guys, your numbers, I'll be curious to see if, uh, maybe in round three, we'll, we'll come back and see if these practice stats, uh, correlated strongly or not at all to game stats. Uh, cause if yeah. you guys shoot anywhere near, uh, 1.2, what was it? 1.26 on threes? Contested threes, yeah. So yep, on 209 threes, you, you ended up at 1.3 or 1.35 or something like that? 1.26. on 1.26 on, uh, on, on, on those 209 threes? Two, two, uh, yeah, 206. So, uh, yeah, so if you guys can shoot that, you know, even if you take 50 bad threes in addition to that, you're going to be shooting over 40%. If you guys yeah. shoot over 40%, I'm guessing you're going to do – uh, uh, better than, than what is expected of you guys. Um, because that, that's a really good number for a college team if you can shoot over 40% for the season. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully these matter and, and, uh, they correlate strongly because that'd be good, uh, good for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll see this Friday night, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Same. Well, good. Well, I appreciate uh, the talk. That, you know, obviously, uh, things we talk about quite often now as as a uh, part of the family, and like I said, our, our our spouses when we call to talk and always tangent into advanced stats. Yeah. 
can't be the greatest thing for them, but uh, I feel like we learn learn a lot, bouncing ideas off each other, and hopefully others listening to this can can maybe spark their own ideas or let us know what they're doing, and, and uh, so we can fine tune it even more and, and get exactly exactly what we're what we're looking for here in terms of value. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I feel like this one this one was a lot more. Uh, there were a lot more layers that went into this one than our than our last one. This is for like the deep basketball like stat junkies. Um, absolutely, <laughs> pretty, absolutely. And I pretty, think uh, the target audience of Stat Chat is probably a lot of those <laughs> a lot of those people. No so doubt. so I'm, no I kind of I kind of don't want to dumb it down for uh, the the beginners, but but. Uh, so maybe maybe one of these times uh, I, I will because um, we do talk in kind of <laughs> uh, yeah. nerd language here yeah. Yeah. if you want to call it that. But <laughs> no question. But uh, but anyway, uh, I, I wish you guys the best of luck. I'm uh, obviously a San Francisco Don's fan, and uh, we'll be following you guys closely. And uh, hopefully, we can both have good years here and and, uh, and meet in the NCAA tournament if possible. All right, sounds good, Dave. Good luck to you guys too. Thanks, Kevin. Talk to you soon.